Welcome back to the Salty Community Podcast, where we are dedicated to helping you grow your personal relationship with both God and Jesus. We do this by emphasizing a foundation of scripture and give you tools and opportunities to experience them in a personal and unique way for you. The kingdom of God invites us into an interactive relationship with him. This podcast series explores all that it means to seek first his kingdom. We will be learning together how to develop a kingdom perspective and how to live it out right now. Join us for this 12-week series and watch the kingdom inside of you grow as you experience heaven on earth. Hey, welcome back for the fourth week of the Kingdom Podcast. This is Deanna, and we are going to jump right in this week. Um, Last week, we talked about, um, we got into the who of the kingdom, and it was all about Jesus um, and how he is the king of this kingdom. And so we're going to stay with who probably for a couple of weeks or a couple of podcasts because um, there is so much, there is so much um, in scripture about the who of the kingdom of God. And so today we're going to talk about who has access, like how to get in. Can anybody get in? Um, is it free for all? Like what's, what's the story? And, um, so it takes us to John chapter 3. Um, Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus, um, who is a Pharisee. Um, and it's at night. Like, Nicodemus came at night. And I used to look at this like, my rat. Like, he's, like, not brave enough to come to see Jesus during the day when people could see it. But it could have just as much been as Chosen portrays it to protect mm-hmm. Jesus as it was to just protect himself. Because mm-hmm. I think... Um, Anyway, how, how horrible of me, horrible of me to uh, assume the worst. But anyway, Nicodemus comes to Jesus. Um, to, he just has questions. They know about all these miracles and like, hey, we know you must be from God. Um, and Jesus' answer, honestly, is confusing. Um, he says, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Um, Nicodemus is just like, hey, what's going on? And this was Jesus' response. Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Um, And Nicodemus is like, "Um, born again. Like, go back in my mom's womb? Like, that's not going to work for me. Um, And Jesus answered, I say to you, unless one is born of water and spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. So he changes the wording there a little bit. The first time it's see, mm-hmm. and we're going to look at that in the Greek, because um, it caught my attention. Like, why is it say see there? But then here in this very next space, it says enter. And um, so I went and looked up that word in the Greek, and it's um, ido. And the definition in Strong's, is super, super long. And so I had to go and find the one that applied to John chapter 3, verse 3. And um, see right there can also mean to see or to know. And then there's all these different ways to how to know. Well, it is to know by experience. Mm -hmm. So basically, Jesus was saying here, unless you're born again, you cannot experience the kingdom of God. So it made a whole lot of sense that his next statement was, unless you're born of water and the spirit, you cannot enter Mm -hmm. because it's the entering that we then begin to experience Mm -hmm. it. That's interesting. So um, I think if I was, I mean, in this space of reading it, 
is like, well, why do we need to be born again? What was wrong with the first time? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think because we're reading scripture and we've heard this term so many times that if we put ourselves in Nicodemus's shoes, it sounds very foreign to him. But reading about it now, you're like, oh, born again, I get it. But hearing it for the first time as an adult, when you have all of this knowledge base on how you think Mm -hmm. um, you're going to get to heaven, and then Jesus comes and says, but you have to be born again, and he's like, how can you be born twice? Mm -hmm. That's physically impossible. Right. But Jesus isn't talking about a physical experience. He's talking about a spiritual experience, Mm -hmm. which is really, really interesting to me. Well, and all this time, Nicodemus has just been under the law. Mm -hmm. So there's no law that says be born again. Like, and if it did, how in the world would you go about it kind of thing? The first question that came to my mind Mm -hmm. reading it was, why? Why do we have mm-hmm. to be born again? What was wrong with the first one? Like, right. why didn't we get it right the first mm-hmm. time? And it really isn't about us being born correctly or incorrectly. It's mm-hmm. about physical versus spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes us all the way back in the beginning because we have to figure out, okay, if it's not about physically being reborn, which what it's not, it? mm-hmm. it's about spiritually being reborn, what happened to our spirit that made them need to be reborn? reborn like mm-hmm. why didn't our spirit just come out born like mm-hmm. our physical body yeah and so it takes us back to genesis chapter 2 um and i'm going to start with like verse 15 and 7 mm-hmm. through 17 and this is when god is first talking to adam about these trees in the garden mm-hmm. so i really want to point out right here that the way you're approaching scripture here because you read john and then you said but why so you approach the scripture like you questioned it. Mm-hmm. And when I was teaching my small group on Tuesday night, I told them, because this is a group of brand new believers, and I told them this little nugget of truth that you taught me, that was when you read scripture, question it. And when you question it, you're going to find answers. Mm-hmm. And he's going to show you where to go and what to think about. And I just really love that when you approach scripture and you question it, that God takes you on this journey through your Bible. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. I love when scripture, and we're going to see it several times tonight yeah. or today, where scripture answers scripture. Mm-hmm. I, I That is so exciting yeah. to me. So Genesis chapter 2, um, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, you will die. And, um, okay, if if I were to tell you, hey, don't eat this, because if you eat it, you're going to die. Like, what would your first thought be? First of all, I would, my first thought would be stay away from that. (laughs) For sure. Um, My second thought would be, how would I die? Why would eating this one thing make me die? Right. I would just assume it was poisonous. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hit the ground. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You know, she ate the apple, took a bite, Mm -hmm. and then boom, she hits the ground. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, um, 
I do think physical death. For sure. Yeah. And here's the thing. I've been told this story since I was a little kid. Like, mm-hmm. this is part of some of the first Bible stories that children read. And the interesting thing is I was reading, not even reading it, but Brooke and I, my 17-year-old daughter, were discussing this story and um, kind of my interaction with it. And she said, well, Mom, because we jumped over to chapter 3. So in Genesis chapter 3 is when it all goes south. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say to you, you should not eat of any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden or in the middle. Neither shall you touch it or you will die. Okay, well, there's so much bad things happening, right, in that little bit of scripture. She added to God's commandment and made it about touch. And he intentionally was deceptive with any tree. But that's all for another day. Mm -hmm. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So, and there it is. And so. Mm -hmm. So the woman saw that the tree was good for food. It was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired if it would make one wise. So she took its fruit and ate it and gave some to her husband who was with her. Okay, the next verse in my mind should be, and they both hit the ground dead. Mm -hmm. But that is not the next verse. The next verse says, Then their eyes were both opened, and they knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and made themselves some clothes. I'm like, oh my goodness, the serpent was right. They know right from wrong, and they're as alive as they can possibly be. But they're not. Mm -hmm. So from a, if you're just reading it, as that child's Bible story, I'm like, all, somebody should have told me all those years ago, you know, because even Brooke was like, oh, mom, he must not have said that then. He must not have said you were going to die. But he did. In Acts 2, he, or in Genesis 2, he says, you eat the tree, you die. And then they eat it, and so close together, they're physically very much alive, alive enough to do some sewing. And, you know, this would be the first time they've worn clothes, so who knows what kind of creativity was happening here. They weren't physically dead, but they were very much spiritually dead. Mm -hmm. Sin had entered the picture. Mm -hmm. And um, even those of us who have been churched our whole lives can't fully appreciate this concept of sin brings death. Mm -hmm. Because we go on physically living Mm -hmm. so often completely unaware of our spiritual death. Mm -hmm. Because it's not right in your face. It's just not right in your face. You just don't realize it. Um, So, Mm -hmm. knowing that is important, Mm -hmm. even if it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Even if it maybe rationally, you're like, well, they didn't die. But they did. They They physically stayed alive, but spiritually died. And so the next step for them was being kicked out of the garden and out of God's presence. Mm -hmm. Because when we're spiritually dead, when our spirit now um, has sin, Mm -hmm. it separates us from the presence of God because God is holy and sin separates us. And so the effect of death is not being able to be near God. Mm -hmm. No relationship, no in his presence, Um, none of the delight of that. Mm -hmm. I think about them sinning 
And then I think about they lived in a garden where there was only good. Mm-hmm. And that's even mind-blowing to me to think that there's a way to live in only good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that when we become born again and we, although we live in this world, we are complete, our sins are completely covered. Mm-hmm. So we can live in a place where things are always good. Yeah. That's really interesting to me. Also, in a spiritual place where things are always good. Right, Mm -hmm. in a spiritual place. If all we've known is spiritual death, Mm -hmm. you know, if he's telling Nicodemus you have to be born again, so at some point your spirit is dead because of sin. And if, if you've never known spiritual life, you have no idea what you're missing. Mm-hmm. So Nicodemus is like, what? You want me to do what? Because he's followed the law. He's a Pharisee. He's a teacher of the law. Like, he's he's no bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, he has done his best to live his life to honor God at this mm-hmm. point, And he's saying, but what he hasn't had was the presence of God. Mm-hmm. What he hasn't had is intimacy with God because his spirit has been dead all this time. So it can we can look... This is the part where all of a sudden the rubber meets the road. So often you want to say, well, they're such a good person. Surely all is well with them. They're such a good person. They do so many good things. It doesn't change the condition of your spirit by being good or bad. The condition of your spirit can only be changed by being reborn, Mm -hmm. by being baptized into that spirit, into That's the good. new spirit. Mm-hmm. And so if instead of looking at the world as good and bad, mm-hmm. oh, this is good and this is bad, we were to say what is alive and what is dead. dead. Mm-hmm. And we ask God to turn on those spiritual eyes, you know, just to see that for a minute, because I don't think any of us would want to live there. We would find that we are spiritually living among a lot of walking dead people. Because they're spiritually dead, even if they're physically super active, mm-hmm. um, death is still reigning in their life. Um, and that should be a wake-up call, especially for those of us who are alive and no longer having to live into that death. Um, we need to, we're part of a rescue mission that people don't have to stay dead, mm-hmm. that, that Jesus' sacrifice is available for us to not stay dead. Um, Yeah, I think so often we, and I'm so guilty, that we equate good with saved. Yes, we do. And good does not equal saved. No. At all. Only alive. mm -hmm. Alive equals saved. Alive equals saved. Yeah, that's good. And so it's kind of a, yeah. It makes things all of a sudden sobering. And black and white. Mm-hmm. There's no gray. You're either saved or you're not. You know what I mean? There's just not a lot of gray in that. Um, so John chapter 3, staying you know, in this space and um, looking at verse 36, it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. So when we believe him, 
when we walk in obedience, then there's there's salvation. Mm-hmm. And when we don't, there's death and mm-hmm. the wrath of God. Yep. So I just kind of wanted, I mean, establishing that this is, this is the condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's super important at this point to say, okay, what do we do if we're in this condition? What if we know someone that's in this condition? What if we're personally in this condition? How do we fix it? Um, and that's where the audience of Acts chapter 2, um, that's what happened to them. Peter is up there teaching them the gospel, the good news of Jesus, um, the good news of the kingdom. He's, you know, the sermon. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit has just fallen on them. Mm-hmm. And you can see it all over Peter's words. And he's telling them, like, you have crucified the Son of God, you know, but he didn't stay there. And so in verse 37, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what should we do? Um, and that hopefully is our question. When you realize or someone realizes the, the state of their spirit, hopefully the next question is, oh my goodness, what do I do to fix this? And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, for your children, and for all who are far off everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. So it's so it it honestly is so simple because it is a gift. God did the hard part. Jesus did the hard part for us. We just have to receive it. Mm-hmm. And um that is exciting. So repent, so turn from your sin. Um receive Jesus. Have your sins forgiven. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Once your sins are forgiven, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can live inside of you because there's no longer sin that separates you. So then the Holy Spirit comes fully alive inside of you and is able to be lived through you. And it changes the the complete condition of the person. That's good news. That's born again. Born again. Mm -hmm. You are born again. Mm -hmm. And so the new condition of the person becomes alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. Paul likes to talk about this. So he says it in a lot of places. But let's just hit Ephesians chapter 2 because he says it so well here. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked following the course of the world. And that's what it is. You're just following along, doing what the rest of the world is doing. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now in work, and the sons of disobedience. So he's talking about, you're just walking along with the enemy here. Amongst whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of our body and the mind. And we were by nature this. Like, this is who we are um, in the na- in the natural. Um just like the rest of mankind, but God, I love that. Mm-hmm. Just but God, like this is your condition mm-hmm. if you just go along with the rest of the world. But God, being rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead, and that's also really cool to realize He started loving us long before we became alive, even when we were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. 
and it is by grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So Paul says it so beautifully. Like you were living along this way, just doing the normal, natural life, but God, but God, in his mercy, um, made us alive in Christ. Mm -hmm. So um, what does it mean? Then we have to ask, okay, so the natural way of the world is to follow just the spirit Mm -hmm. of the enemy. So what does it look like to have life now with Christ? Like, what does it mean to be alive? How in the world should we look different? And so I want to go back to John chapter 3. I want to go back to Jesus' conversation with Nicodemus and let him, like, just speak into this because he does so beautifully. Um, Nicodemus is all like, how in the world is this going to work? How does this happen? And God, and Jesus kind of talks him through, like, really giving him a lot more confusion in my mind. Like, um, you don't know where the wind blows, so is it with people that have been baptized in the Spirit? You know, it's like, what? What does all this mean? Um, But then in verse 16, which is, this is a common verse that we know, but I, I want you to see it's still part of the whole thing. But let me back up just a little bit and look at verse 14. So he takes Nicodemus back into the Old Testament um, because that's what something he's going to be familiar with. So in verse 14 of John chapter 3, And as Moses lifted up the the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Okay, this is talking about that space in the Old Testament where Moses had to lift up the serpent to save the people. Right. Um, That whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the son of God. So... God came, or Jesus, God sent Jesus to save us Mm -hmm. um, so that we would not perish and so that we could have eternal life. Mm -hmm. So death in the spirit looks like perishing. Um, And so I looked that up in the original language because I wanted to really get a definition of what it looks like to be alive versus dead. Like what are the polar opposites of these two conditions because they are Mm -hmm. there is a polar opposite between death and life so what is the polar opposite of alive and dead so perish in the original is to destroy completely or render completely useless Mm -hmm. so for something to be rendered useless so to perish is to be rendered useless all of us have this inside need for our life to matter Mm -hmm. The idea of if we choose not to be saved, if we choose to not believe Jesus, if we choose to not let him save us, it renders our life useless. That's hard. That's hard. But it's truth. Mm -hmm. So what is eternal life? Um, Eternal, um, in the original language, means without end. It has no beginning, no end. It never ceases. 
And life is kind of absolutely what you think it is. It's to be one who has vitality, one who's animate, um, a fullness of life. Um, just being so alive in a culture that everyone else maybe around you, you know, is dead mm-hmm. spiritually. Um, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, Deanna, so what I'm thinking about right now is a parable in Matthew. And it talks about the kingdom of God being like leaven. And when we're talking about being alive and being dead, and when we're walking around and the people around us, there's a possibility that um, we're walking around people that are spiritually dead and we are supposed to be this light for them, right? And leaven is same thing as yeast mm-hmm. when you are making bread. And I was looking and studying up on this. And so yeast is a, it's alive. It is an alive, it's an alive piece. This might be very, very gross to some people. So, um, but it is a fungus. Now, don't take that in a negative connotation. It's not that it's bad. It's alive, okay? They're alive. And this is the thing about funguses. Funguses, um, they're very durable. Really? They are. They're hard, hard, hard to kill. So this is what I want you to think about. And this my <laughs> I am a nurse, so this is where my brain goes. So the most common places that we get funguses on our bodies is our, are on our feet. And they're really hard to get rid of, if you think hmm. about it. Um, they stick around a long time. You have to, um, most of the time, you have to go and in several times to like a foot doctor to get rid of them. Or you have to apply things for long periods of time to get rid of them. It's not like a, um, like you get an antibiotic for a fever and in 24 hours it's gone. Your fever's gone. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, they're alive and they're very durable and they last a long time. And, um, that's a good quality. They're I guess tr- so. it's, it's a good quality, um, that it's, a, that they're in this context, that they're alive and they're very durable and they last a long time. Right. So the yeast in the bread, when you apply heat to the yeast, there's a chemical reaction and the yeast is what creates the yeast is the catalyst in the whole thing and what happens is is the yeast causes um a chemical reaction which is the release of this gas called carbon dioxide same thing that when you breathe in oxygen you blow out carbon dioxide same thing um so when the gas is released then the bread rises because the gas has to have somewhere to go, right? So oh, okay. It, so it rises. It rises. Now, yeast, the amount of yeast that you need for um, a batch of bread, so if you put the ratio to it, it is very, you need a very small amount of yeast for a li- very large batch of bread. So when you take this parable and the woman, it says the kingdom of God is like leaven that a woman took and she put it in three measures. It says hid, but she put it in three measures of dough and she worked it into the dough until it was what we call all leavened 
or that there was an even amount okay. of yeast throughout the entire batch of bread so that when it rose, it would rise like it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. If she would not have leavened it, and she just would have put it in, it would have rose maybe in a half of the bread or a small portion of the bread, but it would not have risen evenly throughout the whole thing, and she would have had a piece that was unleavened and a piece that was leavened. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? So when we take this um, illustration that the Bible is trying to show us about the kingdom and being alive... um, We are to be that yeast. The kingdom of God is to be that, right? And it's supposed to be evenly spread and worked into our our communities, right? Mm -hmm. We are to be the alive portion. We are supposed to bring the kingdom because God is inside of us, Mm -hmm. right? It is Christ in us. Right. So when we walk into the world, we are supposed to be... The alive portion. Mm. Evenly spread out. We are supposed to be the catalyst in it as well. That Mm -hmm. brings the reaction that makes people change. Right? Oh, that's awesome. Because that is what happens. It changes. It changes the entire structure of the bread. Of the bread. We go from flat dough Mm -hmm. to, and something that is usable. Right. Like bread is something that you can eat. For sure. And um, so... That was very interesting. That is so cool mm-hmm. that we should be the catalyst that, that causes the things that around us to change. To change. That's really, that's mm-hmm. kind of huge because if if people's mm-hmm. lives around us aren't being changed, mm-hmm. there's a problem. There is. And it really makes me think about this kingdom that is inside of me is for me to have and be alive for now. Mm-hmm. And yes. it's supposed to be working inside of me. For sure. And um, not something that I'm waiting on. Right. You know what I mean? It's not something that I'm waiting to do. It's the kingdom of God is like leaven. And it's supposed to be used. Now. Now. We're not in a cabinet. No. Never being used. Mm-hmm. I have yeast in a cabinet never being used. I wonder <laughs> if it's still alive. It's been there a long, long time because I don't cook. Yeah. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. Science is not my thing. <laughs> um, so we're supposed to be alive now. Um, so we've talked about eternal life. I want to see how Jesus defines it. Um, It's one of those moments, again, where we're going to let Scripture Mm -hmm. explain Scripture and what exactly is eternal life and how do we start living it now? Mm -hmm. Like, what does it look like to to live into that now? Or is eternal life just something that's coming? Mm -hmm. Um, So in John chapter 17, Jesus is talking to the Father. He's actually praying. And um, in verse 3, he says... And this is eternal life. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Like, this is what it is. That they, and he's talking about all of us and all Mm -hmm. of them, that they know the only true God and Jesus Christ, Mm. whom you have sent. So eternal life is to know the Father and to know the Son. And again, if we go back to the Greek for that word, it means a knowledge grounded in personal experience. Mm. So I I wanted to look at that word um, in other places, like how else was it used in Scripture? 
Um, in Matthew one twenty five, it's kind of interesting. Uh, J- Joseph has just had the dream, so that mm-hmm. he stays, you know, stays with Mary, and um, and knows that she's pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And it says that he did not know her again until after Jesus was mm-hmm. born. Like okay. physically know her. He did not physically know her. So that is the same word that is known, he, that is here. Um, and there's an intimacy, obviously, to that. There mm-hmm. is a knowing by experience. Mm-hmm. Um, it also is used, um, again, in Matthew with the woman who has the bleeding. And she just knows that it has stopped. Because she had an experience. She's experienced mm-hmm. Jesus, but she also knows her body well enough to know that she is healed. Mm-hmm. This isn't a, let me read a book and see if I'm in healed. This isn't even, let's go get an x-ray or a CT scan. This is, mm-hmm. I know by experience that mm-hmm. I am different. Um, so eternal life is knowing the Father and the Son, and that is the life that we are bringing to the people around us. Mm-hmm. And so to the degree that our relationship with Jesus and God shines out of us mm-hmm. is the amount of life that we yeah. are spreading mm-hmm. to people. Um, and that that's kind of, you know, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like hopefully people are seeing Jesus in us or at least seeing our relationship because that's the part of us um, that he has brought to life. So I want to just look as we're kind of finishing up and really recognizing this this joy of being alive in Christ. Um, and uh, look at John chapter 5. So we're still in John. Jesus is still talking. And he says, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Mm. And it is they that bear witness about me. So scripture absolutely has a place because it points to Jesus. It bears witness about Jesus. It tells us who he is and it brings us to him. But it is not the end all and the be all. Like eternal life is not found in your Bible. And that's really hard. Um, Especially I can imagine for Nicodemus, um, who was this Bible scholar. Um, who thought that the more he knew, the closer to God he, he was. Exactly, and that's knew about yeah. Yes, the more he, the more facts he mm-hmm. could retain, the more information he could gather. But that is mm-hmm. not the kind of knowing mm-hmm. Jesus. We've talked about this before. Jesus isn't after a fan club. That's right. He's after mm-hmm. a relationship, mm-hmm. and so because knowledge puffs up. Yes, it but does. love, which is Jesus, mm-hmm. is what's really edifying. Yes, so it's. Mm-hmm. It's exciting to see that Scripture just keeps reinforcing the idea that eternal life is only found mm-hmm. in relationship with the with the Father and the mm-hmm. Son. And Jesus makes those available to us. It doesn't negate the importance of Scripture. He doesn't mm-hmm. say, quit, quit reading your Bible. He says, you're just not going to find eternal life there. He says, get to know me. Get to know me. Through the Word. Mm-hmm. And then get to know me through experience. Let your experiences line up with truth mm-hmm. um, of the word. Yeah. Um, I think in our world, Deanna, we, I don't even know if I know the right word for this, but we almost hold so much value in knowing something mm-hmm. more than experiencing it. For sure. And the way that my brain, the only illustration I can think of is, we want all of our kids to go to college and get a four-year degree. 
but we hold no value on a child who wants to get a job and have four years of experience mm-hmm. on a job. Right. The knowledge base is more valuable in our society than the four years of experience right. of on-the-job training. Does that make sense? For sure. So we just, our society just holds so much value on knowledge. head knowledge. It does. And theory and um, thinking and our brain and how it works, but really and truly the person that experiences is just as knowledgeable as the person that just knows. Right. And maybe even more knowledgeable. Maybe even more. Because think about your nursing degree. Yes. Like you had to have some head knowledge, Mm -hmm. but you had to have experience on what to do with all that head knowledge. Mm -hmm. And that's the same with our relationship. You need the knowledge. You need Mm -hmm. to know what his word says Mm -hmm. so that you're, it can, benefit your experience with him and lead it and protect it um but if you just have head knowledge and you have no idea how to apply it Mm -hmm. how to live it out and walk it out in relationship then it it becomes actually Mm -hmm. a a deterrent yeah because it tricks us Mm -hmm. into thinking that's enough yeah and it's interesting that you that you bring up my nursing because right when you get out of nursing school it is recommended and almost the only job that you can get at a hospital as a brand new nurse in a on a unit that doesn't specialize in anything because they want you to get a really really good experience mm-hmm. of what you would experience in a specialty. They mm-hmm. want you to have that really good experiential foundation before you go into anything higher than that. Right. And that makes sense. You mm-hmm. need that that groundwork experience. Yeah. So I love that right off the bat, we see that we're born again mm-hmm. for relationship. The kingdom of God is all about being in relationship with the king mm-hmm. of the kingdom. Um, and that that's available now. It's We so often think that eternal life starts after we're dead. Mm-hmm. And in a way it does, but it starts after we're <laughs> after we are spiritually dead. Then we step into eternal life when we choose to be born again. Um and, and shedding this physical body someday just takes us more fully into that experience, mm-hmm. but it, we don't have to wait. And in fact, if we choose to wait, then we've missed the kingdom. We have. We've missed mm-hmm. it here. And that's, that is something we never want to do. Yeah. All right. So Very why good. don't we um, listen for God? Mm-hmm. Okay, Deanna. So I'm going to pray. Um, before we listen, we always... Pray, um, and we pray a certain way every time before we listen for God um, so that the space is clear and that the enemy doesn't get any space here. Um, so I'm going to pray and then we will get started. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word and for, oh my gosh, Lord, for putting the kingdom inside of us mm-hmm. so that we can experience you here on earth now. Lord, we are going to listen for you now. I pray that you quiet anything that could possibly get in the way in our physical world um, from hearing your voice, Lord. And I pray that the enemy have no space here. He is bound and gagged in Jesus' name. He cannot distract. He cannot get any space here in your name. We love you. We honor you. Amen. Amen. Okay, question number one. Okay, how well do you know God? Or know Jesus. So you're asking God, how well do you know him? 
How well do you know Jesus? Oh, wow. Mm. So I got a different answer than I got last night. What'd you get? I got as well as you're willing. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I'm sitting here going, how well do I know Jesus? <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And God asked me, can you recognize him within you? And I could. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's, it's a um, how well I know him has so much to do with the pace of my life. If I am running around in my own steam and all that, then that connection and that knowing, that experiencing him, that kind of knowing um, fades because I'm not aware. But if I am willing to pause, then that experiencing him can be a full-time, all-the-time thing. Number two. Number two. What is one thing you can do to get to know God better? What is one thing you can do to get to know God better? What did you hear? I heard read. So I know I'm supposed to be in the Gospels over Mm -hmm. and over and over again um, as foundational. And because he keeps showing me so many new things there. But also to just be with him. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't even have to be words to just be with him. Mm -hmm. So I heard um, reach for me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Reach for me. So even in both of those, like the picture I'm getting in my head is like a baby. Like an mm. infant that it's like Jesus is holding me and there doesn't even have to be words involved, but just learning each other by being in each other's presence. Like a baby learns about her parents or whoever's mm. just by that time in doesn't have to be a lot of words to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Very good. Okay. Question number three, who needs what you have? Who needs what you have? (laughs) Who'd you get? I heard that I need it. Mm. Interesting. I need it right now more than anything. And I guess what he's trying to say is remember. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah. You need remember, it. I need it. I need to think about my relationship mm-hmm. and let it come to the forefront of my mind. Right. Yeah. So I, I feel he said you're never going to hear anything different. Every <laughs> single person I bring to you is who needs this. Yes. I need you, Deanna. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number four. What area of your life needs the life you can bring? Mm-hmm. What area of your life needs the life you can bring? Okay. I heard my small group. I heard my home. Mm-hmm. 
So that's interesting. Yes. I feel like I'm well, probably my worst at that space. Mm-hmm. Like the worst version of Deanna shows up in her house with her children. <laughs> that's her anybody. <laughs> so I'm thinking he's saying, hey, yeah. your relationship with me needs to show up there too. Oh, yeah. I can. I, I so relate there. Uh, number five. Uh, one thing that gets in the way of your walk with God. One thing that gets in the way of your walk with God. Mine was doubt. Mine was my schedule. Mm. Really? (laughs) It's like, but I'm doing it all for you. Yeah. (laughs) Leave me alone. Okay. Anyway, well, I hope you enjoyed this podcast, and we will catch you next week. Mm -hmm. And we will have another podcast on our kingdom. It will be week five, and I'm going to pray, and we will be done. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and for your word, Lord. And thank you for giving us ears to hear you um, and eyes to see you, Lord, in this um, spiritual experience that we can experience here on earth. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.